Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of Ringside Chaos, the professional wrestling discussion segment of the Bear of Texas podcast and Paint Train Pipe Bomb Productions. As usual, my name is Alex Alcazaz, a.k.a. the Bear of Texas. And ladies and gentlemen, today I want to bring up yet another random subject in professional wrestling, most specifically from pro wrestling's past. Ladies and gentlemen, today I want to talk about the time where none other than Chuck Norris served as a special guest enforcer in the casket match between The Undertaker and Yokozuna. Wow, wow, wow. Now, in my case, had I been at my age 30 years old back in 1994 at that particular time, I would have thought that bringing in Chuck Norris as the special outside enforcer for that match would have been the best thing ever. And specifically what happened in the match, especially considering the fact that at one point in the match, Chuck Norris delivered an authentic Chuck Norris roundhouse kick to Jeff Jarrett, that would have totally made my night I probably would have sat down and wrote a, write a blog about it just the second I got home and got in front of a computer because I would have just been that amazed from it. Well, well, well. Now, based on the basically the background, considering the fact that the 1994 Survivor Series took place in San Antonio, Texas, and from that time in 1994, you know, Walker, Texas Ranger had just started in August of '93. And Walker, Texas Ranger was just continuing to rise up and up and up and was becoming one of the most popular shows on television during that time. So it was not only fitting for Chuck Norris to actually be the special guest enforcer because it was in Texas, but I thought that it was even better considering that Chuck Norris arrived there in his Walker, Texas Ranger-like persona. He wore this the hat, the jacket, you know, the uniform. I mean, Chuck Norris came in in that particular event in the Walker, Texas Ranger frame of mind. But also in the Chuck Norris frame of mind. Now we're, now we're kind of bringing up the Chuck Norris jokes, aren't we? Oh. Now, this particular event now, I was not watching wrestling at the time because this took place, you know, in late 1994. So this was not long before I was, you know, I was less than two years old when, when this took place. And I'm sure I made a number of you feel old. Especially my good buddies, Mark Braverman and uh, and Rick, Ricky Litwinkowicz, a.k.a. the Master of Mayhem. Because those two fine gentlemen, I mean, they remember it very well because, you know, those dudes, <laughs> those dudes were in high school when this took place. I mean, I, if I remember correctly, Ricky must have been about 17 years old when this happened. So I would imagine that Ricky was pretty excited. I'm sure Mark you know, felt the exact same way. Now, I haven't spoken to Ricky directly about this particular moment in professional wrestling, but I know that I spoke to Mar- Mark about it, and, and Mark honestly felt that that was the coolest thing to do. So, <laughs> what, 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 can, what can I say? So, in, the, in the, going in the background of this match, now keep in mind, I mentioned this was a casket match, but the interesting part about this, this was round number two between Yokozuna and The Undertaker in a casket match. The first encounter took place earlier that year at the 1994 Royal Rumble. I gotta be honest with you, the rivalry between The Undertaker and Yokozuna, you know, back then, had I been a wrestling fan back then, I would have probably considered that one of the greatest rivalries in pro wrestling, not only for the year 1994, but one of the best rivalries in wrestling of the entire decade of the 1990s. 
So honestly, you know that particular moment because I've I've watched the footage, the matches. I mean that one moment. I believe you know. Uh, I think before uh, this was like after Survivor Series of 1993, uh, when Undertaker and Yokozuna f- stood face to face, nose to nose, like like that. I mean everybody knew that this was the beginning of something. So. So the rival, the rivalry, you know, you know, kind of takes place, and eventually it, it goes into a point where Yokozuna, you know, Yokozuna had had no choice but to defend his title because at, at the time he was still the WWF champion, so he had to go into a casket match with the Undertaker, and that took place again at the 1994 Royal Rumble. So Yokozuna ended up winning the match, but of course he he did not do it by himself because there was a time in the match. Where Mr. Fuji, who of course, as we knew, as we know, you know, rest in peace, Mr. Fuji, rest in peace, Yokozuna. As we know, Mr. Fuji called out all these, uh, supposedly called out the troops, as they say in these um, internet sources. So then basically more than ten, 10 villain wrestlers came out, attacked the Undertaker, and helped Yokozuna win the match. And I think as part of, and part of this thing that came out, like, there was something about the Undertaker's urn being damaged, so... Undertaker, I think, tries to fight back, but again, it's it's like it's like ten guys on one. Well, you include Yokozuna and Mr. Fuji, that makes it twelve. That makes it twelve on one. So, Undertaker gets attacked. He gets you know shoved in, into the into the casket, and then Yokozuna wins. And then basically, because I remember I was on I was on the on Peacock watching this match. You know, right before I was doing this episode. So then after it, you know, there's that mysterious little thing where the Undertaker, you know, basically opened his eyes and said, no, this is not over. And then all of a sudden, Undertaker disappeared. So now, basically, now the way that the, um, the match ended, it was actually to write the Undertaker off of television because the Undertaker had to actually take some time off because he had to recover from numerous injuries. I mean, that, ladies and gentlemen, is a reminder of just how brutal the role of professional wrestling is. Professional wrestling is extremely dangerous. So when all those people out there that like to make a mockery of professional wrestling, you honestly have absolutely no idea what pro pro wrestlers go to. And believe me, if you think pro wrestling is a joke, I dare you to try it out. You won't even last 30 seconds. Hell, you would not even last 10 seconds. Anyway, so The Undertaker... Disappears from disappears from television. So doing that. So then after that, Yokozuna kind of moves on because again, this is the 19, 1994 Royal Rumble. And what was interesting about the nineteen ninety four four Royal Rumble is that Lex Luger and Bret the Hitman Hart actually both won the match because I think at one point like they both kind of fell out of the ring and then was they were both eliminated at the same time. And then I guess they just decided that both that, that they would be the co winners. So I was like, you know, back then I thought, okay, that's not that's not too bad. I mean, two baby faces went in. I mean, okay, I guess that's not so bad. But I would, of course, at first I would have asked myself, but but who's gonna is it? So is it gonna be a triple threat match? Is it gonna be Yokozuna versus Bret Hart versus Lex Luger? I mean, again, if I were if I were a wrestling fan that was old enough to understand what's going on, like during that time, had I been between the ages of eighteen and my age right now, thirty, the first thing I would I would have said, like, I'm gonna I'm gonna, I'm gonna pretend this. Now imagine I'm there with. With Mr. Braverman, and imagine Mr. Braverman is from Texas, just like me, and we were, well, yeah, and we're wrestling, well, you know, it doesn't have to be from Texas, but if we were watching, you know, watching the pay-per-view, and then all of a sudden, you know, I, I, you know, I pull out, you know, the, the home phone, I mean, didn't have, didn't have the, 
we didn't have the smartphones back then, and we did have cell phones, but not the smartphones back then. I'll, I pick up the 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 landline phone, and I call my buddy Mark Braverman up in New York, and I say, "So, uh, should we call it? Are we gonna see a triple threat match?" And he probably would have said, "He probably would have said, yeah, probably." But what ended up happening is that both that is that Yokozuna wrestled twice at WrestleMania, first against Lex Luger and then Bret Hart. And if I remember correctly, it was like I think the, the, whoever went first was decided I think by a coin toss. And I remember Mr. Perfect was the was the referee when Lu, when when Lex Luger was wrestling Yokozuna. But you know we all know how that turned out. But you know, but based on how that went, I, I would have said it had Luger if Luger had won the match, would it, would, would then the match with versus Bret Hart be Lex Luger versus Bret Hart for the title? And then you know what? And because Yokozuna would have a rematch clause, you put Yokozuna in and make it make it a triple threat match. Then, you know, I don't know. And, and a lot of things could have happened, but. But Bret Hart ended up beating Yokozuna later that night, and Roddy Piper was actually the special guest referee for that one. You know, and that, that once when Yokozuna was about to hit his uh, signature bonsai drop, he actually fell. You know, he actually fell off, fell off the rope and fell down. And uh, I think in storyline, because remember Jim Cornette was uh, was Yoko, was one of Yokozuna's managers. Because I think Yokozuna at that point was part of uh, Camp Cornette. I remember Camp. I remember Jim Cornette would later actually say like. Would would later say that that the fall was because of a concussion after he sustained because Lex Luger's signature move was that flying forearm, and then during that time Lex Luger actually had a metal plate in his forearm because of a because of an injury from a motorcycle accident. So I guess that 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 was the case. So so that particular moment, Yokozuna had won had lost the title, and then. I think briefly after that, like he had that on on Monday Night Raw, he had that sumo match against Earthquake, but then not long after, you know, the Undertaker was 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 basically you know all of a sudden I think the, these clips and these vignettes started airing that the Undertaker was set to make his return, so that would have indicated that obviously if if uh, Undertaker is returning, then they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna reignite the feud between the Undertaker and Yokozuna, so. So basically, I think they called it the rebirth of the of the Undertaker, and I think remember as part of the storyline, when I, I think like Ted DiBiase claimed that he had an, an Undertaker had the Undertaker, but it was like it was not the real one; it was a phony. And then Paul Bearer claimed that he knew where the real one was because I think as part of the as part of the story, they had all these people like you know in storyline these people claiming that the Undertaker was still alive, that they had seen him around somewhere, but. <sighs> Well, whatever they were doing, they were obviously promoting the return of of the Undertaker. So they were going to finish it off, you know, with Yokozuna, which led to another casket match. And this time it was at Survivor Series of of, of 1994. That particular year, it was the rematch. All right. So and and then obviously Chuck Norris again, as I mentioned, was in it. So you know, with Chuck Norris, you know, being part of uh, being part of the event. I mean, part of me says it's no, it's not surprising because. Because for so long at that point, Vince McMahon had basically brought in numerous celebrities to be part of not only WrestleMania, but to be part of the show overall. I mean, you know, Cindy Lauper, Mr. T, Muhammad Ali, Lawrence Taylor. And at that point, how many celebrities have been involved in, in the WWF at that point? I mean, a lot. A lot. So... So for Vince McMahon to bring in Chuck Norris to serve as the special guest enforcer for this particular match was honestly a very, very good move. <laughs> Excuse me. 
It was a very, very good move as far as business goes, and it worked out quite well. And of course, I'm sure that a lot of fans would have loved to see, you know, a roundhouse kick. Well, since since they did see the roundhouse kick, I'm, I'm sure Vince McMahon told himself, "Well, if we bring in Chuck Norris, we're gonna we're gonna have to we're gonna have to have him, you know, perform his uh, vintage roundhouse kick." And of course, they. I'm sure Vince McMahon probably told some some of the wrestlers, "Yeah, one one of you guys are gonna take a roundhouse kick from." Uh, from Chuck, from Chuck Norris. Now, during that time, I would I would have felt that you know, whoever would, would receive would be on the receiving end of Chuck Norris's roundhouse kick. I would have felt that maybe it would seem logical that if it was Mr. Fuji and then Yokozuna, but maybe that would have worked out. But as, as far as I know, yeah, Jeff Jarrett was good because. Wrestlers again tried to interfere. Now in that match, uh, Irwin R. Scheister, otherwise known as IRS, actually did successfully interfere, but Yokozuna still didn't get the job done. So all these wrestlers tried tried to you know interfere, and then of course, uh, like I said already about three times already, Jeff Jarrett t- took the roundhouse kick. You know, and I remember how, how Chuck Norris was just you know standing near like right by the ring, you no know, by the entranceway. With that look, I think his arms were crossed, and he was like, he had his eye, you know, he's keeping an eye out. So, man, I mean, at that time, you know, you know, had I been there at, at the show, you, you, and then I, I see um, Jeff Jarrett, you know, take the roundhouse kick from Chuck Norris, I would have said, well, we got a little bit of Walker, Texas Ranger in professional wrestling, and that would have been the best thing ever. Because I'll be honest with y'all, Walker, Texas Rangers is one of my, was one of my favorite shows when I was a kid. When I was in France, you know, even here, when, when they still when they showed the reruns on television, I watched it all the time. When I was three and four years old in France, I was watching Walker, Texas Ranger. I loved seeing Chuck Norris deliver those roundhouse kicks. I loved seeing Chuck Norris, you know, in those fight scenes. I just thought that Chuck Norris was the coolest guy on planet Earth. You know, I considered him just as, I mean, I basically said... Well, you know what? I'll be honest with you. I would, I mean, because Zinedine Zidane, the soccer player, was my main hero. I would said, you know what? I would love to see Zinedine Zidane star on a show with Chuck Norris, and those two guys could be the biggest, the, the the toughest SOBs on planet Earth today, baby. Anyway, so I thought that bring bring in Chuck Norris, you know, for pref- for the, for that particular thing was great because you know, again, the the show, the the the, the um, excuse me, the event took place in San Antonio, so it took place in the state of Texas. Now. What if he made? I mean, now had it been in Dallas because because the show the the show Walker Texas Ranger takes place in my hometown of Dallas Fort Worth and the of the Metroplex, you know, had Survivor Series been in uh, Dallas, that probably would have made it even better. But you know what? It was in Texas, so you know what? Still, you're you're promoting Walker Texas Ranger, so at least it's, it's at least it's in the state of Texas, so it made good sense. So bring so again, you know, I would imagine, you know. Obviously, Vince, you know, bring, to bring in Chuck Norris, you know, to serve to serve as, as such a, an honorary special enforcer for this match, I would imagine that it cost the WWF a lot of money. But then again, you know, it was a business move because if Chuck Norris was to be announced as the special guest enforcer, that would basically increase the buy rates, it would increase the ticket sales, it would increase, you know, it, it would it would do a lot of good for the WWF as far as its content. So it was basically a, a business investment with public with publicity, you know, public relations and publicity. That it would basically down the road it, it would work out well. So in Vince McMahon, Vince McMahon's case, it was a business investment. He, you, you know, you once again you bring in a celebrity, you know, to hype up, you know, to to uh, to increase the the revenue from ticket sales from the the pay per view buy rates and everything. So, and it worked. It totally worked. So it was just an, it was just another 
another brilliant move uh, on Vince McMahon and, and the creative directions uh, way. So, because, you know, honestly, I would still say, you know, bring in Chuck Norris for, the, for that particular time, you know, for that match, because it was in Texas. Was the the best thing ever? So and you know and not long after you know more and more celebrities started getting involved with with the pro wrestling business and you know even to this day it still ha- it, it still takes place. You still see a lot of celebrities be involved with WWE, and that's you know and, and that's going to continue. You know as as long as professional wrestling is alive, it's it's going to continue. So honestly, I feel that bringing in Chuck Norris, Walker Texas Ranger. To be the special guest enforcer in the casket match between Yokozuna and The Undertaker round two at Survivor Series 1994, San Antonio, Texas. One of the best moves Vince McMahon ever did as a businessman and as a promoter. Job well done. Ladies and gentlemen, Ringside Chaos is available on all streaming platforms including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and YouTube. And remember, if you know somebody that loves professional wrestling and they are looking for a very exciting and authentic pro wrestling podcast, then this show, Ringside Chaos, is the answer that they need. If you love professional wrestling, I assure you, Ringside Chaos is the show for you. Thank y'all very, very much, and y'all have a good day. See y'all next time.